Hey, what's up, guys? You are listening to the Edge and Flow podcast. I'm Lucas Burnley, and I'm here with my co-host, TJ Schwartz. How's it going, TJ? Going really well, man. Nice. We got things to talk about today. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wheeling and dealing, trying to trying to get things done in the shop, all that good stuff. Nice. We we did promise you guys at the end of the episode last week that we would talk about the Nova One. Yep. And I am excited to talk about that because it's been a minute. So let's talk about it. How's the coming? So here's a fun one. Uh, this is a check-in call. We got designer and manufacturer. Usually it's one of the two calling to check-in. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. Hey, where, where are drawings? Like where's progress or Hey, like where are we at on prototypes? Do you guys have anything to show me? Yeah. Right. (laughs) So where do we want to start with that? Uh, well, so we, we kind of left it off. We had circled around steel type, which maybe we could reapproach because that's going to be a hot topic pretty soon. Um, and then just the design, like where, where we've landed or what your thoughts are. Okay next steps, all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and this yeah. is, this is like prime, right? Because we're, we're kind of, we're in that very, we're in like very early days. We have like initial concept drawings, but we haven't started to refine it for manufacturing yet. Um, we're starting to spec out materials. Um, but it, there hasn't been a whole lot of back and forth yet. So mm-hmm. I would say we're 5% into mm-hmm. the project. Right. Maybe. Um, all right. Well, let's start with steel then. What are you as a manufacturer? What are you thinking? So you, you'd mentioned three V and we got into the weeds a little bit on this. So maybe we don't have to stick on it too much. Uh, three V has me nervous. Yep. Although not so much so that I wouldn't consider doing it. But, um, if we go full coding on this is what we talked about, you know, like Cerakote, the whole, the whole shebang to start with, uh, yeah, the three V. Like, I'm hearing from so many people. I I will say I did visit Tactile Knife Co. this week, mm-hmm. um, which was a freaking blast. And those There's guys are awesome. Up there for sure. Yeah, and they they were doing some bevel grinding for me down there. But they I I just learned about three V from them in the same way that I've heard pretty much everyone talk about it. Is like it's the worst of the worst <laughs> from a as far as from body. a from a process standpoint. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, machine, but it is a excellent steel like as an end product so out the end yeah well and this is all this is always the balance point right is like is the application of a steel worth what like is it worth the squeeze is the juice worth mm-hmm. the squeeze basically yeah. right like yeah. is the performance that you're going to get one does it apply to the knife and then two is it something where you're actually going to see that gain yeah. Um, I think I leaned into that just because I think if I remember right, we were talking the goal of this is coded. Yeah. 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 So it opens cool. the, normally I, like I don't love three V from mm-hmm. a, I just like things that, that are more rust resistant. Yeah. It's a good yeah. point um, yeah. for a lot of people, but uh, yeah. So, okay. So <clears throat> yeah, that's a really good question. Well, if we had to pick, if we had to pick top three steels, what would we, where would we be at? So Magna Cut's all, always one of them, I think. Yeah. It's, it's always in the conversation, but it's so corrosion resistant that it's kind of strange to code it, I guess. Right. Um, that doesn't bother me at all. Coatings for me are as visual as they are functional. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So Magna Cut, it's expensive, but it's safe because yep. I, I do have a high level of confidence in working with it at this point. 
I feel like my heat treater is has it dialed and all yep. that good stuff. So I think Magnica originally I wasn't leaning towards it, but now it does start to uh starts to seem like a good option. Well, and the reality is like we're we were kind of going for this thought of like, you know, it's not a huge knife, but we're going like pretty bomb proof kind of idea. Uh 3V is great, but I don't know that the knife actually benefits that much from what 3V has to offer. Uh, it's not huge. It's not like a, you know, big chopper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like reading through, I've never used Magna cut. So everything I have is anecdotal and like, I've been kind of sorting through the specs of it. And most of the steels at this point are just improvements. So you're getting minor improvements on another generation of steel. Um, so I'd be good. I'd be good with Magna cut. I mean, and then like old faithful standards would be like doing something like S 35. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I, to me, I mean, some people might flame me for this. I think Magna Cut re- will replace any possible S35 yeah. for any knife I ever make. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it, for my brand and my yeah. business, it deletes it basically. Yeah. Um, whereas 3V, it doesn't delete 3V. It's too, di- it's a different category. Right. But like S35, it's like, and Magna Cut is delivering what S35 wanted to deliver, but at a higher level. Yeah. It's in the same vein, I guess. Yep. And with this knife, we're really looking for, we're looking for a well-balanced steel, Mm -hmm. I think is the, is kind of the goal. So maybe we do do Magna Cut. I think that's, we could earmark that as. as What is, uh, when you are looking at the machinability of 3V, so what I'm guessing is post-hardening grinding is where the problem comes in. And pre-hardening. And pre-hardening. When you're, when you are machining like perimeter machining, chamfers, jimping, whatever it may be, bevels, it, depending on how you do it, yep. it's it's a bear on carbide tooling when it's soft. And then when it's hard, it's a bear to grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it just, it just gives you hell. I mean, the properties that people like about it is why yeah. it's that way. Yeah, <laughs> that's, know? I mean, that was like you run into that when S30V first came out and people were yeah. like, it's great. I can't sharpen it. And you're like, well, you can, like use a diamond and you're fine. Yeah. But it's that old, like, you know, old habits kind yeah, of yeah. being carried over into new technology. Mm-hmm. All right. So Magna cut, um, that seems like a pretty good, I just think it's a pretty solid fit across the board. Yeah. It, it's hard to escape it right now. The way yeah. things are. I feel One like thing- if I was pushing larger, I would push back and try to figure out either, yeah, I might I might try to figure out something different if we were like up in that like eight, ten inch range. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, the other thing is I need to look more into the bowler stuff. Oh um, yeah. So maybe we could kind of tentatively t- talk about Magna Cut, but then there is some bowler stuff that I'm I'm not familiar enough with, but I wanna wanna look into. Here, you know, my my general thoughts around steel is you you cued it right away, which is like you're you're already familiar with the process of a very, very competent steel. Mm-hmm. on the custom side, I've always rather like said that I would rather have a maker that wor- like works with a steel that they know well, um, than be jumping around a lot. Like there's value in it and it's fun, but you do dial in a process after a while. And there's so many little micro variations that can like change how the steel performs as designer. I'm very comfortable with you as producer running with a steel that is already working well for you. Like, I think, I think that lends itself towards the best end product with the least amount of variables, um, in manufacturing. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I can say that there are steals that would be easier. Because Magnica, I'm familiar with it, but I'm also familiar with how some of it, it it's more difficult in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is like when you get into powdered metals, mm-hmm. I think you get into some tool wear issues not issues but it's worse because like what i made some of those scalpels out of aebl and nitro v and i was making nitro v overlands those were a lot easier on the tooling Mm -hmm. nitro v is super interesting as a steel to work with yeah um we we used a lot of it over the past couple of years i really like it Um, i think for general knives like it's a it's fantastic yeah yeah I, i think if i was going real big like if i was going machete yeah i think i'm going aebl like, yeah. honestly, I, I'm a big fan of it, um, but it, it, it does suffer a little bit of the edge retention mm-hmm. um, to Magnica, obviously, but it's high corrosion resistance, insanely high toughness for a stainless. For for a stainless, right. Yeah. That's the thing, right? For a stainless. Yeah. So, but yeah, maybe let's uh, put a pin in Magnica okay. and let's keep thinking about it, but okay. I don't want to get too far into the weeds on that, but sure. Sure. Maybe, well, maybe and this is what always now. happens. It's so easy just to like focus on a couple of details and like <laughs> go down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then we're, we're like, put a pin in the steel. We've got kind of initial, like initial rough cat. I think where we left it was you and I need to sit down and just go over like basic profile you need to 3d print one and right. do a, like a field test and just, and then from there figure out like the, the next round of changes. So you, cause you right. haven't actually like physically held the design right. yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you do have like a profile that even if it could just be extruded two dimensionally yeah. and then 3d printed just to, just to get, you know, yeah. a feel be awesome. So guys, here you go. This is a, it's behind the scenes. I actually did send that to TJ. So someone, someone in one of the other departments must have dropped the ball and not forwarded it on to the boss man. What an email. Yeah. I think oh, I actually, did? no, I think I actually just dropped it in your, in a infusion. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Okay. Well, it looks like my job for this weekend, maybe this next week oh, is to 3D, 3d print a knife. Yeah. It's a good point. Like mm-hmm. it, it's hard to stay on top of everything at all times. If you send a drawing off and you don't hear back for a while, just check in. Mm-hmm. It's always a kid. Yeah. Was that after when, when was that? That was probably like three days after we had the original oh, conversation. No kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It it's rough. Cause good. I, when I basically, I laser cut some for myself. Made, mm-hmm. made a round of changes and I was like, all right, I feel like I'm at a point where I want to stop messing with it until you can at least put your hand on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you do that, I can keep rolling. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the next step. So <laughs> that, I guess that's our Nova one update <clears throat> is not a, is not a huge portion of this episode. It nope. seems like nope. there's some more stuff I want to talk about, but overall I'm excited about this Nova one project and I hope you guys are too. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. Okay. A little later this year, we're gonna have we're gonna be sharpening knives. It's gonna oh, be fun. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to come out and like help do assembly and stuff. That'd be cool. Knives. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's a good reason to hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. All right. What else? So we 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 talked about rolling into some new developments, and that is talking about employing people. We've oh. briefly discussed employment of, you know. 
shop hands and people in the office and stuff for us. And I know you've had employees. I have not. I've had like a high schooler work for me for just a couple hours, like here and there. But I hired a guy and he's going to be working pretty much full time for me for the next two weeks. And he's self-employed. He's doing, he's got a lot on his plate, but he did have a gap that he was just kind of looking for some extra work. Uh, so he's going to come in and help me out because I need it. I think this is the literally the perfect scenario, mm-hmm. right? Because you get to you get to see what the effect of having a shop hand in for two weeks, which is enough time to get to get like a pretty accurate for the type of work that you're laying out to get a pretty accurate overview of like how that would affect your time. Like you're going to lose some, you're going to have to teach some right? You're going to have to like have more oversight than you would eventually. But within two weeks for the jobs you have, I think you're really going to be able to see like, is this viable one from the standpoint of space in your shop? Mm-hmm. And two, what, what does it start to provide you in space? Yeah. Like time wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting. Yeah. And it's, it's good timing because my fear of having, you know, bringing on someone uh, months ago and last year when I was busy and I needed help, but I didn't have like a good pile up of work to where if they showed up, I could keep them busy right? because it was like, there were so many things moving, um, that a lot of the work that was on my plate was like in the office. And then it's, you know, if the knives have already shipped, like what are they going to do in the meantime? But right now, and I'm thinking for the foreseeable future, I've got like a pile of work to be done in the shop that will not dry up for a long time. Mm It's kind of like what it's looking like. So any time he can give me basically soaks up some of that that I would have to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a position where I, I don't even worry at all about, you know, in two weeks him burning through the stuff I have for him. Yeah, like it's, that's great. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and that's always like where we're at. That's always the tricky point is you're essentially either you have the work or you have to create work. Yeah. The beauty of it is that if like where you're at now, you may not be seeing something that you actually could use help with and you're just doing it. And you may be able to develop something easily that is like an employee led uh, project mm-hmm. or process. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a good, good test. Yeah. And right now the first two things are help with uh, finishing. So yep. he's the guy that's already doing my sandblasting. Yep. He owns SRG Armament. He does. He's done all my Cerakote. So nice. he does my sandblasting for my tumbling and he does my Cerakote. And he's going to come in one step up on the finishing side is uh, doing some stone cleanup work on bevels mm-hmm. to prepare them for stone wash. I've been doing all that. And he's going to jump in on that right out the gate. And then if he can roll really well on that and get us ahead, I want to help get him to help me with sheaths. Would be really nice. Dude, that's a huge one. Yeah, yeah. That's well, okay. So you and I have been discussing this a little bit, which is Maddie and I are at a point where like, we do realize that we need help again. Mm-hmm. Um, but figuring out what that looks like is really, really hard. Um, yeah. because there's so many small pieces and I'm not focused in like one area of production right now. Like figuring out someone who would be able to come in and help with that has been like, has been pretty tricky. And we've discussed like, like maybe she needs like a shop hand 
you know, someone to like help prep packages or like, so she can focus on like photography and content. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did, I did just have a engineering student reach out, um, that is here local in Bend. And that could be, I haven't even followed back up with him yet, but that might actually be like a really, uh, good fit. Like someone who's got like some basic, sounds like he was good with CAD and good with 3d printing. Um, mm. don't know anything about hand skills, which for like shop work, like obviously that's, that's a big one. Um, but I think I'm going to reach out and at least, you know, start the conversation. I see like at this point, I see three kind of like three major areas that I could use help with, which is, um, honestly around the technology side. Right. So like it sounded like he'd run CNC machines before. So, oh well, CNC CAD 3d printing, like running the laser, all of those things are great. Running is different than being able to like code or, or like design for like, if I had someone who was like, Hey, I need like, here's this, here's a sketch for a part 3d print me this and like have them do CAD. That would be like mind blowing. Um, the other one would be around leather work. So we're like slowly starting to build up like our leather capacity again. It's a teachable skill. It's something that is, it, it actually has like a revenue stream attached to it. That's like, with employees, one of the interesting things to look at is like, okay, theoretically, like every employee kind of generates revenue, but not in a direct way. So if you have an employee who is helping to finish product, it's like a really easy thing to justify. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, oh yeah. like if I'm running leather coasters and I'm like, yeah, he stamped, he finished and stamped 20 sets of coasters. Like this brings in X amount of money. It costs this amount of money to have him on board really easy. Um, and then in the shop, obviously, and mm-hmm. shop work would be exactly what you're looking at. Finishing, blasting, yeah. sanding. It's like their, their labor is directly in cost of goods sold. Yes. Versus the labor of like an accountant, which is a little bit more amortized. It's a little more elusive. I've always felt it more (laughs) like you pay the bill and you're like, Ooh, yeah, I know the work is being done, but like it's different when I see a finished side pop. Yeah. Like that's different. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's super exciting. So forecasting, my question will be like, what happens after this two week period? So (laughs) we're going to have to just, extend the conversation. I think yeah. I'll get to know him. A l- I, I know him a little bit. Like I would say we're friends, but we haven't spent a lot of time together. So, uh, we'll just see, you know, a couple weeks in the shop. Those two weeks for me is all shop time too. It's nice. like, it's two hands on deck full two weeks of shop time. Like it's really go time to make knives right now for me. Um, I got a bunch of design work and some like tax stuff behind me to kind of prepare for a big push right now. Um, and so, it'll be a cool experience to kind of just, it'd be a two man shop for the two weeks. And like you said, see partly, you know, does he even like it? You know, is this right. what he wants to do? Cause he's self-employed. So he does some real estate and he does Cerakote. Yeah. And so it, it could be a good situation where if I can soak up like any extra time that he has to, like I said, uh, I've got X amount of hours of work sitting in my shop that needs done right now. Any, any amount of that he can soak up will yeah. help me. Yep. And so it may be after the two weeks that it's not going to be a full-time five days a week thing. Yep. But even if I could get him for a couple of days a week or a couple hours a day or something like it would, it so would all that help. is, I know a lot of people that do something similar and I did it when I was in Albuquerque. Um, basically I would have someone who could come and help me like around show prep. 
just where the volume of work is going way up and I've got a ton of just small, okay, like I'm running a hundred side pops. Like I just need you running sandblaster or I need you profiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually a really special type of employee, which is someone who has enough kind of on their own that they're not dependent on you, mm-hmm. but they enjoy the work and can use the extra cash. It's almost like, driving for uber yeah exactly. where you're like yeah i don't really need to do it but like i like to do it and it's like you know i like talking with people so that for the shop is kind of that's like exactly where we're at right now too like i don't want to have someone who is fully dependent on me for their income um but i want someone who's like you know psyched to come and work and and be in the space the other option for us is there's this um diy cave which is like a big maker space here and so that's like a really easy one to go and just be like, Hey, like anybody hanging out here that is like looking for some part-time work. You already got it's like, place to look. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I might, I think I'm going to st- at least start the process of kind of look, starting to like look for someone for the, just like a few basic tasks that I have right now, like just, just EDC stuff. I could, I could use a person cause I'm spending a lot of time like finishing side pops and polys and mm-hmm. just little things like that, that I don't need to be doing. It's teachable. Yeah. Yeah. Teachable. Yeah. That's the key. Teachable yeah. skills. Yeah. And leather, like Maddie and I both want to do it, which is neither of us have the time. And it's literally like it is, it is fairly simple for the type of product that we're looking at doing. Fairly simple, but time consuming, but time consuming. Yeah. It's teachable. It's like quantifiable. It's a good revenue stream, but you need to be able to like, you know, stand in front of the clicker press, then go and like set rivets and like do all these other, you know, fit burnish edges. And like, it's just, man, it's something as simple as a stamped coaster is still hard to add in like to a production schedule. If you're yeah. both maxed. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly where I'm at is it's, it's kind of all knives for me right now. Yeah. And that circles back to other conversations we've had about more merch, more peripheral stuff. But yeah, until I have a, an actual employee, like that's just not going to happen right now. Well, um, hey, look at this. I mean, just as a look at the fact that you have a laser. Mm-hmm. Okay. With a laser, you can do laser work if you chose. Yeah. You, with an employee running it with an employee running it. <laughs> right like, i don't want to be a laser shop but i have a, a fiber laser that sits 99 percent of the time yeah. and then i go do a job and it's like um we're actually we're doing something kind of fun which is um i've decided to start carrying some of my designs from crkt on the website nice. we did it a long time ago but but i feel like I feel like at this point, it's just like a nice, like it's something easy to throw in the cart. But what we're going to do is we're going to laser them with some of our logos. So you'll be able to go and like get a squid, but it'll have a big rose on it. That'd be cool. Those are the kind of things where it's like, I'm going to be sitting there running the laser. I don't necessarily need to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah, I I had the my CRKT products on my website up until like three, four or five months ago because- I'm strained in product and fulfillment and yep. shipping orders. Yep. And so it was an extra strain on that. that I was know like, it's an extra, yeah. if we didn't have, yeah. if we weren't doing fulfillment, I wouldn't do this because 
the profit margin, like, okay, so profit margin is good, but profit is low. Mm-hmm. So it's still, it's what it's a small you, dollar item. Yeah. It's a small dollar item. So you're still having to ship that, which takes the same amount of time as shipping something that is more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of fulfillment, it's fulfillment. I'm almost looking at as an employee fulfillment benefits me when I have items on a shelf that are able to be fulfilled without me directly interacting with them. That is the, that's like the benefit of having a website and fulfillment is that some things like we were just talking about this. It's like, man, he's like, I don't know. Like when we do drops, if it even makes sense to go through fulfillment, she's like, cause I'm so connected to the process of, you know, dropping, you know, I think we're getting like, we're getting ready to do 50 side pops. And she's like, it's just easier for me to just run that as opposed to adding an extra step of then taking those to fulfillment and yeah. explaining things around on. yeah it's too yeah. it's like too it's almost like too personal too close yeah right well that and it's it's like a one-off thing as opposed to like i don't know a sweatshirt where it's like you know what it is it's going to be there for months years. that is the perfect yeah. that's the analogy i told her I'm like, I'm like this is this is for us to be able to do merch more effectively and to be able to have certain type of products available on a more regular basis mm-hmm. so I, mean, I need to track down a fulfillment company and i need to get merch going because too I, good that things. connection is that I'm missing that right now. And yep. that's why I've been kind of pushing away from like adding small items to yep. what I've got going on, but I can't do that forever. So, well, and this is why, this is why most makers push away from small items and this, but this like ties into our conversation last weekend, mm-hmm. which is like merchant destroy, like merch is valuable, yeah. right? But there it's, it's only as valuable as you let it be. So if you start to like, like that's why you'll see a maker do one run of t-shirts and then it's like done for a year. Mm -hmm. Whereas like there is actually a way just to, just to have like those projects kind of rolling. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. When I, I did have that thought in mind and I made it, had a couple shirts made from those companies where they print the shirt when it's ordered kind of thing. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't, think the quality was there yeah and so that's why we haven't done it yeah, yeah. and and so I, I i've got like three of my shirts that i had that i designed and once i realized that i couldn't use them i was like well i don't know how i'm gonna do this but i'll deal with shirts it later. are shirts are tricky though because you're dealing with sizing mm-hmm. and sizing is is subjective right mm-hmm. hats hats are the way hats yeah. and patches yeah everybody loves hats and patches like i got a huge head i might return a Richardson blank. I don't know. But other than that, it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Like low stakes. Yeah. No, that's, that's going to happen, man. You're, you're motivating me. I need to get hats going. Good. Yeah. time. Oh, here's a, here's a fun one that I guess like, I don't know where this actually ties in. Does it tie ties in? I don't care. Uh, around like the employee thing. So, uh, I just started with my business coach. Oh Um, yeah. Last week had my first session. Um, actually fairly intense. Oh, and I'm realizing like, I have like a significant amount of like homework. Did he have you doing like burpees and no, <laughs> no man. Burpees jack. for the brain. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's just interesting. It, like we're, we're in like early days of like, just kind of like getting to know each other and like process. But I will say that I'm, I'm feeling pretty psyched about it. It's just cool to have like 
an outside perspective on things that you either like are struggling with or view as successful mm-hmm. and having to like explain it. I think that's like a lot yeah. of it is just having to explain it, yourself. It's also like when you said intense, what I was thinking is like, does it feel almost like you're paying for him to step on you a little bit? It's like the things that are to like spot the, the, the rot and cut it out. I would say in this case, no, I think that in certain coaching relationships that probably exists more, he was Mm -hmm. very clear early on that he's like, look, I'm not going to like, I'm not just going to pick at your business. That's not what Mm -hmm. this is about. This is more, I think helping to like clearly define some like goals and values um, in a really holistic way. Um, Because, and that's what, you know, I've said that before, like there's certain areas where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do next. I don't, and I don't know how to value, like, I don't know how to value certain things. Um, So that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, what, what am I actually looking for? Like, where are my values? Like, what is super important? What should I let go? Employees tie fully into this because mm-hmm. bringing in employees is like one trajectory for the business. Is that actually my goal now? Those are the things that I'm trying to like answer. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. I look forward to having more conversations about that. I mean, I'm excited, man. Yeah. We're, right now cool. we're, we're going to meet every two weeks. Um, and that's just to make sure that I have time to like actually go through kind of the process and coursework. And, um, so yeah, I'll give updates on that. Which brings up another point. When are we doing red X day this month? (sighs) I was just thinking about that. Also, what are we calling it? So we don't keep calling it red X day. Uh, I'm having a hard time because that name's starting to stick. I know. (laughs) Okay. It's purple X day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Gotta get another Sharpie. Um, what, what was the date that we did it last time? It was like the 21st, I thought. Okay. Um, it was was the 21st. I feel like probably sticking with that. I feel, well, the 21st is a Tuesday again. Funny enough. Um, yeah, I feel like I I maybe do that. Okay. We can discuss that offline. Definitely happening. Okay. Okay. Um, here in the third, fourth week of this month, we will be doing another red X day and, I will make sure on our Instagram to post the day at least a little bit before, like an actual post that says this is the day we're doing Red X Day so that you guys can be aware of it. Dude, without maybe, having we should, to like, maybe we should gamify it too. Yeah. There you maybe go. like when we do Red X Days, we do like a, like a giveaway or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do we got to kind of, yeah. Yeah. Something kind good. of fun. One so, of the coolest things to come out of this podcast for me. Still so and with one in. Yeah. Um, Maddie still hasn't taken hers. My wife did one that, which is amazing. Um, yeah, Maddie hasn't taken her. So we got to, I feel like I she to needs to do it. First. Almost make my wife do it. Cause she's so, she's such a good mother, you know, like she's so yep. into the thing that like to just let go was, I did kind of like arm wrestler into that. But so she, since she's she the, it. since she's the first person other than us that has done it in, in this specific process, did she find, like the same type of value as we did. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. She said it was amazing. Yeah. She wants so, to do it again. And it was also the longest time since our first kid was born that I had the kids like all Dude. in one shot. Cause it's been a continuous breastfeeding babies yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole time. 
And so it was like a full day, like yeah. a full day, which went really smooth on my side with the kids, but her side that she's been setting up a chicken coop at her parents' place and like trying to get it all decked out to have like quite a few chickens, like 25 because they've got a bunch of acreage and mm-hmm. stuff. And so it's kind of her project and her mom's helping her. And she just kind of buried her head into that and was just like working on the chicken coop. And Focus. Just yeah. Yeah. so that's what she needed. Right. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. like anybody can appreciate like with little kids it's mm-hmm. like i just want to focus on this one thing there's literally probably nothing that she would have rather done with her time yeah <laughs> like, and, she, and she did drive into town i think she went and got like a coffee and you know maybe went to a store but yeah the she was just she was really looking forward to it. she likes building stuff she's into the carpentry thing so she had the, old, the you know chop saw out there and the nail gun and dude, that's she awesome. a blast. so okay all right I need to get Maddie on it. Yeah, I'll keep her on that. Okay, cool. Um, what else do we got, man? Where are we at? We got employees. We got Nova. We got... So What's going on? One thing I was going to talk about is... It's going into this year, it's like this big swell of product that I'm, that I'm building, you know? Um, and... I'm trying to get the roadmap for creating my brother-in-law to put it in the perfect way. He said cadence. Yeah. So it's like, he's surface grinding for me. I'm doing, because I don't have one employee for each task in the past, it's just kind of been like the hottest, most important thing. Yep. most pressing thing is what yep. I'm doing. And then I get like far enough into it where it doesn't seem like it's the hottest, most important thing yep. and go to the next. And I've been thinking a lot about that word, like cadence. Yep. And it's like, if I'm doing X batch size, if this week I, in a one week span on this batch size, I can do these two steps and finish it. And then it's like, that way I can tell him surface grinding, like if I have these knives spread out over this distance with this much quantity, like that is going to fit my cadence. You know what I mean? And that's something that I've been like really contemplating, but it's kind of eluding me, like how to nail it down. Um, because it's a change, it's a shift in how I've been doing things. I think you will figure that out. I struggle with that constantly. Um, Maddie and I were actually just talking about it today. Um, not around internal manufacturing. Well, a little bit, like basically even just figuring out like for sales, what's the cadence of sales, Mm -hmm. you know, and what is enough? Because a lot of times you're, I feel like we're being reactive Right. Like, oh, okay. Exactly. Like we have to, yeah. okay. Oh, it's time for, we need to do a drop. Like, what am I going to make? Let's oh, there's do this. A show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a show as opposed to being like, all right, I know that every month I want a minimum of 25 side pops to hit the website. And what does that time take and what other products are going with it? it it's super easy to say and surprisingly hard to yeah. actually accomplish. It's really easy to say like, I'm going to do 20 Cypops every month, you yep. know, third week. And then yep. pretty soon something pressing happens. Show comes in, disturbs yep. the whole sequence. Yeah. You know, yeah. that comes back. Well, and it's like, we all know the show dates. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. we know, you know, when you're going to go, you know, the production, you know, it's just, there's so many variables for small shops that unless you're just like incredibly organized, um, man, this is hard. I think it's hard for everybody. I say you'll, you'll be able to do it, but I fully know you will. It's like still a struggle. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you a huge disturbance for like mapping it out as a cadence like that Mm -hmm. is 
I have a really erratic ordering because a lot of my orders really depend on like social media things, which can be algorithmic. Like let's say someone posts a picture who has a lot of followers or a YouTuber posts a video. Like it can be very explosive and very quiet. And it's like, overall it's going really well, but that creates a, a very difficult, uh, problem of cadence, you know, with manufacturing, but my fear is like, so last year, uh, I had a huge swell of ordering and I had to, sh- and it was just people, you know, posting about stuff on YouTube and some different conversations and caused this swell. And I just shut my website down for a month right? out of fear that I was going to oversell yeah. and that I was going to get too far behind. Yep. And this year I almost can see the reason I got those employees. I almost think that might happen again. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to decide should uh, should shutdowns be part of a cadence as well, like maybe turning into more of a drop strategy where I can control the sales. I think you probably or, know where my thought on this is going to yeah. be. Um, but let's like let's dig into it a little bit, right? So there's mm-hmm. two thought processes. By you doing drops, you control your cadence. Okay. Mm-hmm. In controlling your cadence, you're able to look at it and say, I want to sell X amount of knives. Now, wanting to be able to and being able to are very different things. Mm -hmm. I would say in your case, probably fairly secure. Okay. What the downside of that is, is that you don't necessarily allow the organic growth of a customer base due to outside influences. So someone runs across a YouTube video, they get stoked, they come to your website and the product's not there. Yeah. So what you, the risk you run is you lose that customer. Unless you have hats on your website, TJ. (laughs) Okay. So, but, but that is, I mean, that's like, that's real. I know that our brand has turned away a lot of customers, not intentionally, but just due to the fact that we didn't have what they wanted that split second that they wanted. Yeah. Okay. So the, the scale has to go between, can you be more efficient working through drops? And does that value outweigh the amount of like organic purchase? So that's a very good way to put it. And that is what I've been thinking about. And the, the thing, what I struggle with is the drops makes the most sense from a purely manufacturing oriented. Like if I'm thinking about production, the process and all that, that's what makes the most sense. But like you said, me selling these knives is new to the mm-hmm. knife world because I've only been doing this like at scale for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. So pretty much all of my sales are new customers. Right. So like when these surges come in, like there's huge amounts, percentages that maybe have never, they have no idea who I even am. They just saw the knife and wanted it. And that's, that's, I'm worried. Like when I shut my website down for a month last year, I always like lost sleep over that. Cause like in a month, how many new customers came to my site that I don't have them in my system. They don't know who I am. The likelihood of them coming back is low. Right. Cause they're not like Instagram followers. They're coming from someone other, someone else's audience. Right. And I'm like, maybe I want to like hold on for as long as possible to keeping knives available on my site. Yep. But when to, when to cut that off? Because I I think it's almost inevitable that I'll have to go to a drop model. But you're fully, you're fully in, this is funny because 
you're fully in a custom maker mindset right now, which is, this is nothing new. So if you look at it from the standpoint of a custom maker, you go to a knife show, it's your first show. You try to sell knives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, five years in maybe 10 years in whatever it is, or two weeks, I don't know. Um, you, you, all the knives sell when you go to a knife show. So you bring in lotteries. Okay. And you worry that by having a lottery, you're going to alienate the people who just come by your table to buy a knife. Yeah. Both things are true. Like Mm -hmm. you will alienate some people, but you also gain new customers. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that we're able to, you know, like you can't please everyone all the time. Like this is a known fact, right? Yeah. But I think that recognizing value in a stage is important. So the the next thought on like the drop process would be you may be approaching a period where drops are actually the best solution for your business. But I would also argue that you will probably get to a point of capacity where drops are not actually the most valuable way to sell. Carrying this back to a custom maker, if you show up to a knife show with five knives and you sell out, lottery or not, and there's someone down the road that doesn't sell out, but they sell 50 knives, like it's a slightly different game. Yeah. So I think that right now the benefit of drops for you is that it frees up your time. It allows you to sell when you actually have the capability to focus on selling at a point, I think you're probably able Cypops, I guess would be like a comparison at this point. I would actually love to have a Cypop that is just available on the website. Like you can go on the website, you can buy a brass one. It's like generally in stock. Mm-hmm. We have never hit that point. No matter how many I have put on, they sell through. I don't know if that's just years and years of doing drops. The demand is actually there. Like there's a lot of variables, Mm -hmm. but I think, I think for you, you can, you can probably hopscotch between available all the time and having to do a release. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, one thing I was looking also at, uh, you know, Liam Hoffman, that blacksmithing guy. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of liked the, an idea that he had where he'd everything he's building is like custom. Right. But when he does a quote unquote drop, it, it, it's, the drop is for an order spot. Yeah. And then he fills up his order books and he does a drop every month. And I wouldn't go this far, but what he has set up, at least last I checked, was like, okay, you get on the February 1st drop. Right. You get one he has year ahead your orders set up for February of next year to build. Yeah. yeah. So he has 12 months to prepare for like these yeah. fluctuations. Yeah. Super and organized. It's super organized. It's yeah. really smart. I think that might be my future, but we're looking at like maybe two to three months because I don't see with my business why yeah. a year would be necessary. Right. Um, and so my, my lead time right now is already two to three months. Right. And that's, been pretty consistent but you're at the whim sometimes you're at the whim of like when an order comes in and yeah well here's another let's look at it from another perspective which is how can i like phrase this um like if you take the best elements 
of a drop and the best elements of having product available. So say product available, you're going to do a drop. This is most valuable for you right now, but you want to have someone who just comes to the site. You want to have them stick, right? Mm -hmm. So minimal level, like new mailing list. Is that being offered to someone who's coming to the website? Wish list. Do you want to be notified when this product is available? Um, incentive. Like there's a lot of things around it. And then you need to have hats on your website. <laughs> okay. But I mean, hats really sure. that, that cowboy hats. I, I mean, I would absolutely love to see you, know, you with cowboy hats cowboy on your hat. website. <laughs> I will order one for sure. Big old um, brass logo on the front. Oh, dude. I mean, that's a win really though. Like that is, it's not an, it's not a zero sum game. It's, you know, there's the value of people organically finding your site and being able to connect with you. Mm -hmm. I'm of course going to say that it's not that the product is really important, but it's not all about the product. Mm -hmm. So the key is how can, how can you get someone to connect with you and your brand when the flagship product is not available, mm. there's the, that's like the, that's the problem to solve. Yeah, that is, that is the problem because I think it's going to be a, a permanent problem for me. Yeah. I, I've kind of come up with the idea that I have X number of knives I want to build in a year. Okay. I want to stay, I want to, that I want that to be a quota that I'll stick with for like the foreseeable future. It could be three, four years. Okay. That X number, I get better at making. Yep. I get the quality up. I make them more efficiently, free up more of my time. But if I have, if I can hit that quota every year and it takes less and less of my time and the high, quality is higher and higher, that is my goal. But that number is like the defining plan is that number of knives in a year. That's amazing. Like I can't, I wish my brain worked like that. I like, I want it. I just know I can't do it. Well, the, but that, that's where we're like, I, yeah. I'm seeing this problem coming is if, if the numbers aren't going to go up forever yeah. on production, yep, something's going to give and it's going to be immediate availability like they are right now. So we'll see. I think, I think, I think you're going to find a happy middle ground, especially as you add in more models and different products. It, I think it will create some space. Mm -hmm. And, and again, like, we're talking about this like it is a problem and it is literally the best problem you can possibly that's, have. That's absolutely true. Yeah, right. That's absolutely, Which yeah. is more people want what you are selling than what the numbers of what you're actually selling are. Yeah. That's like, yeah. that's amazing. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I, I, honestly, I do feel incredibly grateful. Like it's still stressful, been, man. It's been so good to me, but <laughs> I just don't want to wrong people. Like when, when people are, cause people are ordering knives I do have the steel in house. I do have the knives like somewhere in production. It's not just like some Ponzi thing, but like I have the knives, but when people order them, like I'm really focused on the volume I'm making and the volume people are ordering. Cause it's like, I just don't want to disappoint people. Yeah. And so that's like a huge, huge factor, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and you I, can, you could tailor it too. You could just say like, Oh man. Yeah. It's really hard because if you kept, if you kept a limited number of orders open all the time, the limited number will get eaten up. Mm -hmm. Right. And th these are the complications like where we've, we've really complicated our own systems in order to try and create like as approachable and fair of a system for our collectors, mm -hmm. which is like lotteries and auctions, 
auctions like kind of don't count. They're mostly just for fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is the realization of like, I built this one thing that is unique and even lotterying it is not the best way to sell it because you're going to have so many entries for what it is. And some of those people aren't necessarily going to care about what it is. Whereas an auction is like, you actually have to really like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have yeah. to have the money to buy it, but you have to really like it. You're not going to accidentally win it. Yeah. Um, lotteries, same exact thing. It's like, you don't want to pay the auction price. You don't want to pay secondary price. So you go to a lottery. All of these things have their place. And actually maybe you will be like a little bit of a test case for some of this as you move into production. Like there's areas that you can like integrate some of these concepts like sign up mm-hmm. sales. I mean, it's like, it's no different than buying shoes, you know, yeah. buying a pair of Nikes on the drop or something. I mean, there's, yeah. there's methods. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, you're the right person to talk to for this. Cause you've been, you've been playing with this for a long time yeah. in terms of managing this kind of thing. So it all, they all have, every version has problems, mm-hmm. right? Which I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, just, why can't every time I finish a knife, the customer appears and they yeah. buy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And then another knife magically appears. Cause yeah. then you're like, oh, I have to make the knife again. Yeah. Supply and demand, man. I've, like- I think I've like, ultimately I've figured out like I could be super productive if I can only figure out a way to tie it to dopamine. Like <laughs> if I can keep myself super excited and that would actually allow myself to do consistent production be the most amazing thing in the world. Like, so when you talk about your cadence, you yep. talked about you and Maddie talking about yep. what all, what all does that entail? Cause you're not directly approaching it like a production shop. Totally. So there would be, I can like dig, okay. Dig into a broad spectrum. Okay. The, where we were specifically talking about it was around items that we are not physically producing in the shop. Um, and, items that I am producing or finishing for website drops, mm-hmm. right? So Cypops, polys, stuff like that. Um, but m- primarily around like mugs, patches, like so, so even, even a, OEM knives. Is there going to be a secret spreadsheet of the cadence list? That'll be like on your user group. People start passing around like, look, I got the, Oh my God, man. It would look like, you know what it would look like? It would look like the wall from like Memento. (laughs) Like there is no, it should just be red (laughs) strings like everywhere. (laughs) Like the problem, and this is like the dopamine comment, man, is like real. Is like I'll set a cadence and then I'll come up with an idea and I'll get super excited and I will push it through. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where, this is where having employees is like hard on our side because if I'm, if I'm a, benefit probably like being accountable to someone else's schedule. Um, but I don't, I don't like to be, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I like to let the muse strike when it like is there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultimately for us, like where we're at right now is picking a couple of things that we know we want to have. If not, can not like con like constantly, like consistently. So, um, rain dry patches it's we just missed our last date where we were supposed to order the next patch. So we are trying and we're like trying to figure out like where the pitfalls are. And it's like some of the pitfalls are around. Like we had, we had a sick kid again this week. Mm-hmm. And then Maddie got sick and you're like, 
<laughs> like there's no amount of, you just lost an entire week. Uh, you know? Have you ever looked into ERP softwares? Uh, no, but this is the second time I've heard ERP today. Well, ERPs are generally used to prevent things from going out of stock, right. whether it's in the production shop or whether it's actual inventory. Right. Maybe the ERP for both of us could be used not with the goal of preventing it from running out of stock, but planning out stock distribution over the course of a year. And so it's designed so like it would have given you a heads up, like red alert, your ERP system is telling you to stick to your schedule. Yeah, you did need to totally. ranger patches or whatever Again, it is. Things you don't know, like when you don't know them. Enterprise resource planning. Enterprise, okay. It's funny. So this is another one. Like you work with your skill sets, right? Uh, my right-hand man and very good friend for many years, Joe Wu, he's excellent at this. I'll be like, all right, how much you want to make this year? Like, all right, let me just like like spreadsheet and like throw down the product. And I'm like, I get it. I understand it at like a, like a foundational level. It's just that like my brain has a really hard time with monotonous tasks. Um, but that is, that is the goal, right? The goal should be shoring up your weaknesses, whether they are productive weaknesses, right. Or organizational or creative. So if you know that it's really easy for you to be super, super productive, but that you're not, you're not, if, if creativity is an aspect of your job that you need to do or design work, if you're like, I I'm so bogged down in production that I haven't designed for a year, mm-hmm. then you need to be creating accountability around creativity. Right. That's right. Yep. I need to ERP system managing ERP. my creative time. <laughs> I'm going to use AI to do it. Yeah. Um, I just need okay. chat GPT to tell me what to do. Dude, actually though, that's a fantastic, that's kind of like a fantastic thing to start to wrap up on. Did not realize we were going to go into ERP systems when we started <laughs> the conversation, but it's, it's actually, it was something that, that was on like in conversation with Maddie this morning, like that didn't come up, but it's an, it's actually a very valuable thing to look at. I signed up for free trials on a couple of them a while back. Okay. That it was around the time that I got set up with that Kanban system, which has been working right. amazing. It is yeah. perfect. Kanban's it's amazing. literally not failed me once. So for sure do that if you have stuff that requires that, but the ERP system's a little bit more macro, yeah, a little bit more project management maybe, as opposed to like screws not running out. I've, I have like, Oh, like I say striven. Um, (laughs) I have my entire working life. I research systems and understand processes that I can't actually put into place. <laughs> but like Kanban's like a prime example. Like I've been Kanban forever and there's areas where it would be super valuable. I've just always had a hard time like actually I'll order things, I'll like start to do it and then I'll get distracted. I'm working on it, I'm learning. I, it's cool. For me to do it, I literally had to rip the bandaid off and just yeah. tear the whole shop apart yeah. and and Kanbanize it like yeah. in two days straight of just that's it yeah and now you don't have to do it again though yep yep and now where it's going to pay off is you having an employee you are no longer looking for specific Mm. things for employee employee knows how to locate it you know themselves yep um 
Dude, that's so. pretty exciting. Okay. Should we wrap it? Feels pretty Let's good. Let's wrap it. All right. Yeah. It was funny because we set out on this one to talk about like the Nova One and we had a couple other yeah. bullet points. <laughs> and then this thing really went left and right and up and down. Yeah, but they're all they're all related, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Nova One is manufacturing and collaboration. The the fact that you're bringing on an employee directly ties into your ability to produce probably this knife, right? Yeah. And still be making your other products. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now you your brain links that to the fact that you're already having a hard time figuring out whether to do open orders or drops. Like they're all related. And this is something we need to talk about in the future episodes when we bring up the Nova One. Yep. How to sell it, dude. Because you're it's there's going to be a a brand like it's like a venn diagram it's like there's gonna be my brand and my customers your brand and your customers yep we don't know what's going to happen and that that like fusion and it's i'm i've thought about that like the sales management of that is because like it if there's a situation like that where there was like a surge of orders yep maybe i could estimate the timeline for the first few orders that come in but as that wave continues i'm going to get less and less reliable on telling these people and it's like, how do I explain that to people that it's going to get more and more vague the later you come in when you're going to get this knife without letting people down, right? It's actually another another thing that we can do in a follow-up episode around the Nova would be like, what is our actual goal with this? You know, mm-hmm. is this going to be, is this like a special release, like a one and done? Is this going to be a model that exists and is expanded on like all good. The, all they're all the questions that we ask as designers anytime we're designing with a company. It's like what mm-hmm. what purpose does this serve inside of the brand? Mm-hmm. But like I think having a conversation around that would be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and then from there, like we can we can roll that same conversation around. Like yeah, how are we going to sell it? Are we going to do any marketing around it? Are we going to keep it super underground and like it's between your customers and my customers and nobody else knows? Or are we going to like pay to have some content created or like yeah. super fun? And that that's exactly like what we talked about last week. It's not just about the knife. You, I mean, this is what you do best is, and this is part of why a reason to have you help me with a design like this is this how to sell it thing is I don't, I don't have a good handle on it. So I don't think any look, of us actually look forward do. to those conversations. I do too. It's like it, there's a lot of calculated risk. Like I look at this and I fully realize we're doing a design that is different than your style and in a style that is not what I am currently doing. Mm-hmm. Like there's actual risk there. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. It's interesting. Yeah. It's my version of gambling. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like our, our version of gambling basically. Yeah, like, exactly I want right. to make this thing. Will anyone yeah. like it? see what happens all right guys we're gonna wrap it uh if you want to support the pod and what we're doing if you could leave us a review or share the episode um that would be super amazing we'd be it grateful would. and thank you all for listening i know there's for listening there's a there's a group of you that that keep on chugging along and listening to us and i know you're there i appreciate it much appreciate thank it. you all right see you next week peace